0: Good morning. Um, I'm doing a piece today, which I've entitled, Natural Manifestation. Natural Manifestation. It was an inspiration that came to me while I was in the middle of reading a full-out religious piece of text Um, in this particular. I'll read it in a second. In this particular text. Uh, it, it it operates from within the framework of your classical Abrahamic theism, in which God is perceived as a, uh, a personality rather than a force. And further, God is perceived as parent, as a parent, which is characteristic, I think, most fully in... Christianity. In fact, many Christian theologians have marked this as a sign of a a radical point of spiritual uh, evolution in the line of Judeo-Christian thought. So in the Jewish piety, you will have a god who is an intimate uh, partner of love and care and desire for the positive welfare of those with whom God has a covenant. So God develops his relationship with Moses, uh, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and later with Moses as a person who is providing the... The, the the intimate relationship, namely in covenant, the bond of agree. I'll do you agree to do this, I agree to do that and the person with with, with whom we are in covenant is infinitely uh, dedicated to our positive welfare. Jesus who himself was Jewish, was raised Jewish was apparently, Um, very familiar with Judaism and its teachings, even to the extent that as a young man at 12 years old, he was teaching in the temple uh, to the amazement of rabbis. Now everybody knows young kids have lots of bright ideas, but when you can get religious scholars and and, uh, spiritual leadership kind of amazed at your command, evidently would suggest that Jesus' uh, grasp, not merely of his own, because Christians think he's God or or say he's God, and uh, his own divinity. A lot of people recognize Jesus' um, divinity to some extent or another. It isn't merely that this is just a figure in touch with brilliant ideas, but he was in the explicit context of a Jewish environment in which he was teaching and is reported to have commanded the attention of rabbis. So, uh, And so uh, for those interested in studying that particular line of spiritual development, one of the things theologians, and I think especially probably Christian theologians, note is, is that Jesus brought an, an added dimension of intimacy into the potential of the divine human relationship so that it isn't merely a covenant with an all-powerful figure who has our welfare infinitely at, God was called him, his, infinitely our welfare as the soul of God's desire for us. But Jesus Jesus refers to God as Appa or Abba, and this idea that he he calls God the equivalent of dad uh, is noted by Christian theologians as progress in the in the evolution of human greater human sensitiv- sensitivity and sensibility to recognize God's intimacy eventually you come all the way up to Christian theologians like Tillich, who introduces theonomy, which is the infinite God as uh, best, uh, the presence of which is best grasped in uh, within, not as a projected figure without. So uh, one part, one way of approaching uh, spirituality, especially in the Western theistic line is this evolution towards ever greater intimacy, uh, the closeness of God, so that once you have God as parent, it's almost impossible to get much closer than that if you're going to have God with a personality. If you have God as a force or God as all, then, then you can create uh, what's called monistic um, systems, in which then that I'm I'm not distinguishable from God is part of the insights and teachings of various uh, Asian and South Asian traditions that might might portend or suggest an even closer. Uh, bond with the infinite with god the all but in a certain way it's non-relational because that which i'm one with is not personified per se those traditions out of um, what you call it out of asian traditions like in hinduism if god is personified then the monism is diminished and it, be, it goes back to a relational um, a relational setup. Okay, so so I'm operating. Uh, I'm the guy I'm reading, or, or the inspiration for this particular uh, commentary this morning is a person operating straight up out of the Western theistic, Abrahamic theistic line of thought, and so speaks plainly and unapologetically, and Non-multi religiously, with the concept of God as parent. So the so the writing or what what uh, says, as God created human beings, He reaped the benefit of having children, and at the same time enabled children to have the benefit of having parents. So in that single line, what is suggested here is that magical phenomenon that binds particular parents to their very own children actually has its origin in the original creation of human beings in the first place. It's a parent-child relationship in the first place. And that thing which we experience in our lives and in the world is this curious and mystical bond which instantaneously erupts at the birth of one's own children. Uh, That bond is unique. Children immediately recognize their parents. Uh, They'll be distressed in the absence of their parents, even if they were around people who loved them and who looked just like their parents. They would feel lost. And parents, even though they pro- hopefully, like all little kids, you know, all little six-year-old kids, all little three-year-old kids, they're cute. They're running around. They're doing things not dissimilar to my own children. They probably have futures not dissimilar to my my children. They're going to go to school. We hope they do well, etc. What is it about my own children that is an obsession thousands and million times greater than the other little one standing right? Beside my own, who may be prettier, cuter, smarter, nicer, more pleasant, better behaved, uh, and yet it's my child that there is this uh, unique and, and uh, unbreakable bond. So, in these two sentences, what is suggested is that what we see constantly manifest as a magic moment in world affairs, incessantly by the billions, is this is This parent-child bond, this writer says when God created human beings, God as parents created human beings, God himself, herself, uh, reaped the benefit of having children. And anyone who's a parent knows that that benefit is is, uh, unspeakably wondrous. Uh, There's no words for that. it's it's there's nothing compares the best wine, the best steak, the finest yachts, the the extra airplane that I haven't flown to France lately. There's nothing. There's not nothing compare. Nothing compares to the benefit of having children. It's it's unique. It's infinite, and it's available to every human being, uh, whereas jets and planes and yachts aren't. But anyway so, um God, God herself, God herself, reaps the benefit of having children for the first time upon creating human beings. And likewise, we reap the benefit of having parents, and that then becomes multiplied infinitely throughout history and throughout the length and breadth of human affairs. Um, on reading forward, Then, why do we need parents? Why do we need children? And here's the next interesting sentence, which inspired my commentary this morning. God is spiritual, and humans our physical. The parent-child relationship is also like this. The invisible God bears fruit through the visible child and enters into the heart of the child to reveal her value as the visible god. Okay, so so the invisible god, uh, I'm reading more. The invisible god bears fruit within the child's heart, and the fruit of the child is then produced. All right, so this is what inspired me and was new to me and what kind of leapt into my mind while I was reading is I never thought of this, of course. And I think possibly it's not a common thought that the writer says, God, why do we need parents and children? And then goes, ties it again to this uh, theological claim or this doctrinal claim, God as parent created humankind. God is spiritual and human beings are physical. And I never thought of this. Usually, we think of ourselves as physical. We have uh, conjugal relations. We produce children who are physical. We generally tend to think of this phenomenon as physical. Uh, it's nothing but physical stuff going on. There's sex going on. There's sperm and eggs going on. There's pregnancy going on. There's, I mean, it's it's physical beyond. It's physical to the end. You can't get more physical than that. And all of a sudden, there begins to start to emerge. Uh, a little physical creature cells upon cells upon cells starting to look like a human being very early on in the process and eventually with the smack of the doctor's hand and the tiny little behind boom you know it's breathing air and now you've really got now you've really got something that uh there's no doubt is a physical uh has got plenty of plenty of thoughts right then so so um this reading is what this reading is what kind of shattered my unexamined assumptions about the nature of um, child creating children. And I've not consciously, but just tended to have it as the basis of my thoughts as it's just a, an endlessly physical thing from start to finish. And then you get a little physical creature that starts growing up and putting on its socks and growing out of its clothes. And it's just physical, physical, physical. But in this particular reading, we get get this different, different origin point of the entire process. God as parent creates human beings. And that, the production of children, is related to, or metaphorical to, or extends this the the notion the the reality that God is spiritual and human beings are physical. Now that you're not going to argue about if you believe in God or believe in some sort of spiritual reality. If you're not a plain hardcore materialist, even materialists believe in in spiritual reality. They just think it's. Um, a, f- a fruit of material uh, that material is prime, primary, like the primacy of material. But materialists don't deny that things like attraction exist. Attraction is not a physical thing, uh, it's an invisible reality and it's an absolute reality. It's a reality over which people die, but it can't be seen, can't be touched, can't be measured, can't be put in test tubes. So it's not material. So, materialists. They're, the only thing that makes a materialist is the primacy of the of material, a, a non-intended. They, they have a kind of an agnostic, non-intended nature of material phenomenon that's just producing spiritual stuff. So it's the order of things, not the whole of things. But in this particular case, the writer that inspired my thoughts this morning is that that he tr- he translates that that why why do we need parents and children god is spiritual humans are physical the parent child relationship is also like this and that, now i'm repeating that's what I never, I never particularly thought of that. The invisible God bears fruit through the visible children and then enters into the heart of the child to reveal his value as a visible God. The invisible God bears fruit within the child's heart, and the fruit of the child is then produced. So suddenly I, as a parent with kids, awoken for the first time by these ha- couple of sentences here, uh, suddenly imagine that what i what i did when i produced children not i but of course my wife and i what we did when we produced children was act more as spiritual entities rather than primarily as physical entities yes our phys- yes our physical activity produced a physical child but but what we've done is create a person and a personality and an entity namely my son, my daughter—you know these kids—who have inherited a a massive wellspring of invisible reality, of spiritual things, of my nature and of my wife's nature, uh, of my of my uh, strengths, my genetic value—genetics, uh, of course, material—but my the my inheritance intelligence, uh, kindness, um, alertness, speed, athleticism, like tons of tons of invisibleness combine between my wife and I to, to enter into this child. And we, we all can be guaranteed that the full potential of what you and I can accomplish in our short lifetime, between 70, 90, 100 years, or however long, you know, 40 to 100, or you know, whatever, um, we, the fullness of what we are what we can potentially produce are limited by the narrowness of my own individualness. That's complemented by my wife. But it's limited by the length of a lifespan whether it's 80 or 90 years or so we'll never get to the end of what we potentially can produce based on the our invisible capacity our intelligence our our kind intentionality our talents our our sensibility to fashion to color to design our our intuition which which would make make me run a race with a greater intuition and wisdom, and possibly outrun faster people from invisible elements, not just physicality. And all of these are put into my children. And it's those things that begin to manifest in the lives of the radically individual entities uh, who are my children. They are whole, they are complete, they are themselves. They're not beholden to my wife and I. They don't need to do anything we want them to do. That's not at all the point. They are, they are entire entities by themselves, but they're made up of the, the uh, intermixing, the, the, the blend of the endless spiritual inheritance of my wife and myself, and that begins to manifest. So just as this writer is saying, the invisible God bears fruit within the child's heart and the fruit of the child is then produced, that's true with my own self. The invisible me bears fruit within my child's life and the fruit that, that of that child is then produced, not only the invisible me, but the invisible my wife and me. And and that starts to bear fruit, and that starts to bear real fruit. Watch my daughter talk to a friend. Watch my daughter help a person in need. Watch my son uh, uh, make short work of putting a whole house together, or whatever their particular skills and talents are. The that that my invisibleness is bearing fruit through the the. Uh, the life of my child. It's not my own. It's not mine to possess. But it is similar the way the invisible God bears fruit through us. He's not stopping us from being who I am, who we are. He's not interfering with being who and what I am. But his invisible, his he begins, she begins to bear fruit in our lives. And curiously, we, as physical parents are are in a way our invisibleness is bearing fruit within our child's life. so this particular spiritual or or uh, uh, piety that has to do that go, goes along with the theism of the west uh introduces the entire phenomenon of parent-child uh in ways that translate into our access in a way to those ways in which I myself am divine. Uh, Because it mimics or participates or extends the original moment of the creation of human beings, which we ourselves do. My wife and and myself actually did the same thing. Somehow we're participants in and instrumental in the creation of human beings as parents. Okay, Uh, thanks a lot for listening. I hope that uh, is helpful in some way, or at least to some people. And uh, I look forward to being back with us again soon. Thank you.